in yet another departure from our usual format and whilst my co-host is hopefully busy with her PhD, we have chosen this week to interview Philip Ilson. Philip Ilson is a film programmer. He is also the founder and director of the London Short Film Festival. Uh, thank you very much, Philip, for speaking to me. Okay. So first of all, I just wanted to ask you a few questions about your own work with the London Short Film Festival. How did you get involved and what led you to led you to work specifically with the short film format? Um, that's a good question. Well, I, I founded the festival back in 2004, so it's kind of my, my festival um, and I've been sort of artistic director since since then it was 20 years ago so we're coming up to the 20th anniversary um the festival grew out of some other work that i was doing that goes back even further to the late 90s you know again it's uh it, it's documented elsewhere but i'll give you a little bit of a sort of background so you know i um was living in london i i was very into film used to go to you know, from a, being a teenager to the BFI to the independent cinemas like the Scala, which was a fantastic cinema space that closed in the mid nineties. And, you know, and also I was sort of, you know, that period of your life where you're sort of experimenting. I was in a band. Um, I was doing photography. I was doing club visuals, um, around that time, doing some visuals for sort of bands projections 16 mil projections and super 8 and slide projections at clubs and with bands and and also yeah making short films i mean they weren't very good but i was working on that with my school friend that i've known since we were at school um and one of the things we did with these short films was go to these um well we discovered through timeout listings that there was sort of these open access well there was a specific open access film night called exploding cinema which tended to happen around sort of southeast london camberwell peckham at that time where they'd just use venues and show films so we used to turn up with you know our, our vhs tapes and show show films in these spaces which were kind of very inspiring because it wasn't cinema it was club spaces there was music there was you know there was um compares like some live performance so yeah we me and my friend tim decided to start our own club showing doing a similar thing i mean the thing with exploding cinema and they do still exist they have regular nights at the uh, cinema museum now down in elfman castle is that they were very much about open access and uh, no curation you know no you know they just show what people bring so um our idea was to actually select films to show rather than show anything because, you know, a lot of those films that were being shown were just not very good. I was also just started my first film job again. It was through a temp agency. Um, I got an assistant role at the British Council in their films department. So I had some access to some really interesting short films at that time that were, you know, I was learning about the fact that these films were being sent to festivals. So we started our own film club, but it was a bit of an explosion at that time of these underground film clubs. And there was a real kind of camaraderie between this sort of alternative spaces and these alternative clubs. And they all had very strange names. Um, you know, mine and my friend Tim's was called Halloween Society. Um, there was um, Sherilyn, there was... Um, Exploding Cinema, there was My Eyes, My Eyes, there was 
the whole plethora of these clubs. And then we all got together in about 98, 97, 98 to put on an underground film festival. Again, it was very alternative, very kind of away from the mainstream. We had no connections to funding or the BFI um, or any of these organizations. And that festival was fun and successful. Um, we kind of sort of did it again the following year, but it was, I think it was that first year where there was a real sort of excitement to do something different. I mean, strangely, we did find out about the London, the BFI London Film Festival press launch down in Leicester Square, which happens, you know, on a, on a Thursday morning. And we turned up handing out flyers and things for this kind of come to the, come to the underground, come to the alternative, don't go to the mainstream, you know. So yeah, moving into the 2000s, you know, I kind of realized that, you know, this film club had been quite successful and I thought, well, you know, maybe this is something that I want to pursue um, a bit more seriously. And I left my job at the British Council and then with another friend who I'd actually met at the British Council, Kate Taylor, who went on to, I mean, she's up in Glasgow at the moment doing a PhD, but, you know, she went on to work for the as the head programmer at London Film Festival. Anyway, with Kate, who I'd met through Temping, we decided to start sort of doing film programming at music festivals. Um, and also we ended up doing some events at the ICA. Again, this was just through meeting people, talking to people, um, the spaces becoming available. And I think it was Jane Giles at the ICA, who was head of cinema then, um, said, have you thought about starting a film festival? <laughs> So, again, up to that point, all the work I'd done had kind of been outside of cinemas. Um, it was all very much in alternative spaces, club spaces. Even the stuff we were doing at the ICA was in the theatre space. It wasn't in the cinema. It was a lot of live music with crossover visuals and bands. So the idea of starting a, a short film festival was, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's actually show films in the cinema. That would make a change. That would be something new. Um, so, yeah, the first year, 2004, it was called the Halloween Short Film Festival. We did talk about calling it London Short Film Festival, but I don't know. It just felt a little bit too big for its boots. You know, if you call something the London Short Film Festival, that sounds pretty, pretty major. And we're basically doing four days, you know, um, with, didn't really know what we were doing, having never put on a festival before. I mean, I should, I should have asked, what, why Halloween specifically? I mean, that was the thing, going back to that sort of time, as I said, a lot of these clubs, film clubs have strange names, and it was purely um, a name that came out of a hat, really. We'd been making these music videos and short films under the name Halloween Society. It was like a... It, I mean, it didn't really mean anything. I mean, it was a bit of a... It became a bit of a... A kind of a chain really because once we did start the festival and obviously it was called halloween short film festival and it stayed under that name for four years there was a lot of confusion it was in january <laughs> it wasn't a horror festival you know but i think you know over that four years under that name it really built and we really learned what we were doing so it was that fifth festival which was in four five six seven yeah 2008 um where we just changed the name to London Short Film Festival, it made total sense because we'd already sort of built up the following, we'd already built up the reputation of a festival that happened in January at the ICA that showed short films. The name was getting very confusing for people. So it became London Short Film Festival. So that's a very long kind of way around 
um, how I got into all this. Once you decided on putting out this, on, on setting up this festival, what sort of reception or support did you get? Did you go out seeking partners to put it on and sponsors and I so mean, on? I think, you know, the Halloween Society was basically built up a rep. I mean, that's why we kind of kept that name. And that's what Jane Giles said to us. You should keep the name because mm -hmm. people know the Halloween Society. And we had been sort of, you know, we we got a bit of a reputation showing really good short film work. I mean, I remember, you know, some of the early Halloween Society days, we were showing shorts by Andrea Arnold, by Andrew Cotting, by Carol Morley. Um you know, these were directors that were also just starting out with their short films at that time, the late, late 90s. Um, so, you know, we kind of built a bit of a reputation on the fact that we did show really good films. We had really good events. So starting the festival, it very much sort of, um, in fact, we did a Andrea Arnold retrospective at the first ever festival. And it was just when she'd made Wasp, which that year and then won the oscar so that was really really nice to have that as part of the festival and so it wasn't just like we'd come out of nowhere and started a film festival there'd already been that sort of building of reputation as i said we did a lot of music nights so we did have sort of live bands at the first ever festival in the ica theater we partnered with a couple of club promoters that we knew quite well these guys art rocker there was eat your own ears who were another music club promoters that you know we knew quite well so it was kind of yeah it didn't just sort of begin out of nowhere <laughs> you know i mean obviously doing a festival was very different to doing monthly or bi-monthly one-off events you know um so that was quite a learning curve you know, not knowing how much work it was going to be. I mean, in terms of where the films came from, I mean, it's a really good question because, you know, obviously we were just, there was no film freeway. We were looking at VHSs that people were sending in. So we must have sort of done some sort of call out and we must have put an address on. In fact, we did put the ICA address on because I used to go and pick up the sacks of VHSs and bring them home to watch um, the first couple of years before things moved on to, dvd um yeah so it didn't just spring out of nowhere it kind of already had that sort of momentum of building a reputation and outside of the festival um, during those years what were you doing the rest of the time were you that's a really good films, question no uh, i mean i do remember the early 2000s being quite tough i left the british council um mainly because I didn't want to be sort of in that office job. And also I didn't feel there was going to be much change there. And it wasn't, it wasn't a good few years. The festival was great, but you know, you can't really get paid for film programming. I think the only other really work, not, well, I mean, you do get paid for film programming, but it's not very much just always been that way. And also I didn't have that connection to other festivals at that point and other venues so i mean we did do a lot of stuff for summer music festivals there was quite a few that wanted film film content like the big chill um the latitude started around then i was very heavily involved in setting up the film tent at latitude um so there was work to do yeah but i do remember it being kind of a bit sort of hit and miss in terms of how much money you were making i mean i started working um out of the blue at the curzon soho 
in about 2000 and it's just start, it was the year after we started the festival 2005 i think it was um or 2006 as a they they actually had a job role at the curzon soho called short film programmer <laughs> so um that was basically running both public and private hire events um in the curzon because they had these six o'clock slots where you could either have a program of shorts that was open to the public or they would hire it to rent it at a good rate to a short filmmaker who wanted to do a cast and crew screening. But yeah, I was only there a year because I think the bosses just thought this role is, you know, <laughs> we, we're going to cut this role because it's not really, you know, it was great to do it for a time. But also, again, it gave me a good, you know, sort of understanding of how cinemas were run. And obviously, we started using the Curzon Soho as one of the venues after starting that first couple of years just at the ICA. Mm-hmm. So I learned, you know, and then, um, yeah, but then, I, yeah, so moving into sort of 2006, 2007, that's when I did start, 2008, I did start working for other festivals. So I was full-time programmer at East End Film Festival for five years around about the same time i helped set up a new film festival in jersey um there seemed to be decent sort of bit of money around for those festivals so you know they were they were proper jobs working within the festival team working within the festival office um and also at that time i started doing the programming at the bfi london film festival because again the short film programmer at the BFI. I'd known when I was at the British Council in the late 90s, Satwan Gill, who was one of the heads of um, the films department, she was doing short films for the BFI festival. And then she left and there was a couple of other people after that. And then I think, yeah, when the person before me left, I can't remember it was, it might have been Wendy Eyed actually, who was doing it before me. Mm. Um, Anyway, she left and then I got a call to go and have a conversation with Sandra Hebron, who was running the festival then, uh, with Simon Young, who was working as a programmer at Shorts International, Shorts TV. So they took two of us on as, as short film programmers at the BFI festival. And that, yeah, so I've been doing that festival for about 14, 15 years as well. Going back to the, the your role at the BFI, how does it work? Do you uh, go through submissions? Basically, do you source films from other short film festivals or short selections at other major festivals, or do you take submissions as well? Uh, submissions is integral, I think, right from the start. Um, certainly for the first few years when me and Simon were doing it, there was no pre-selection process. So it was just me and him watching all the submissions and making a selection. But of course, you know, you kind of want to see what's happening at major festivals. So you want to see the Berlin shorts, you want to see the Cannes shorts, because you know they're going to be really strong. But, you know, open submission is integral to finding really interesting new stuff. And I always stand by that. And that's the same for both the BFI Festival and and um, London Short Film Festival. We rely totally on, on open submission. But obviously you are still, you've got to, um, a relationship with a lot of filmmakers and producers that are making work. So you kind of want to see their work or they get in touch and say, we're making something. Uh, or as I said, you check what's, what is happening at other festivals. That's obviously um, important for the role as well. Has it happened that you invite, you request 
to screen certain films that you've seen at other festivals. Yeah. But I think that submissions probably accounts for about 80%. And then, yeah, as I said, the others are, are stuff that is seen elsewhere. I mean, with the BFI, it has changed again because Simon left um, and they changed the structure. So they wanted to bring in more sort of younger team of more um, diverse film programmers, younger programmers. So I kind of oversaw that process. And we worked with, I worked with five. They weren't pre, they were kind of pre-selectors initially, but we always discussed the programs and they always took on a program each. And over the years, because I've been working with the core team now there, it's been the same, the same three other people plus me for about four or five years now. So we are very sort of equal in terms of the programming, the discussing, we put the programs together, together, you know, we kind of talk about the films. So it's not like when I first started there where it was just all down to me <laughs> or Simon, <laughs> you know, it's a different process, but that's fine. You know, that was fun doing it that way. Um, but I totally understand that you can't really just rely on a single person to program a whole festival. You have to have discussion. You have to talk about the films. You have to, you know, um, have those other voices heard within that programming process. So that's been equally as fun as when I did it on my own. And you seem to have stuck with the short film format. Is it just through circumstance or yeah, is it I mean, as I said, specifically I, like and champion? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as I said, when I did work for East End Film Festival and then when I did work for the festival in Jersey, you now I was programming features as well but um you know that was a slightly different process because obviously we'd just be looking at what's coming out in cinemas or maybe going to berlin Ali and seeing what you know if we were doing a country focus you know we'd look at features uh go to the market and talk to maybe the the, the czech stand if we wanted to do something around czech film so yeah that was my sort of foray into features i mean you know london short film festival has shown features if it's related to a short i mean at the festival just gone we had a uh, a feature on directed by two uh, short filmmakers that we'd championed quite a lot over the years or you know when we did something with prano bailey bond a few years ago retrospective she chose like a video nasty feature from the 80s to screen and introduce so yeah there is sort of that slight crossover into features in the london short film festival but i suppose with the shorts format you know going right back to those sort of 90s days the halloween society it was all about shorts and that's kind of just what i've kind of stuck with and you know, I'm still excited about that. What would you be your assessment of the state of um, the short film format in the UK? I'm thinking specifically after the UK Film Council closed, uh, does, has that had any impact on the sector? Um, do you feel like as the director of a short film festival, you've had a drop in submissions from UK filmmakers, for example? No, I don't think so. I mean, more the more so the pandemic was a problem yeah. but we've not really seen a drop in overall submissions i can't give you the figures for uk plus international but i know that certainly through the years of the pandemic i think it dropped by about 100 and we get around 5000 okay. 
Um, I can't tell you the split on terms of UK. I mean, the thing with, you know, what's happened since the UK Film Council folded is that obviously it's become a lot cheaper to make short films. So any funding that's not really been available, um, you know, is obviously um, counterbalanced by the fact that you don't really need much funding to take to make a short film. You could just go out and shoot something in an hour and a Sunday afternoon and it could be good enough for a festival, you know. I mean, this again goes back to the sort of Halloween Society days where we were specifically looking for low budget and, you know, sort of rough and ready work that was fun to screen. And I think there's still a remit, certainly at London Short Film Festival, to screen a lot of that work as well. We have specific low budget programmes, you know, so in that sense, yeah, it's interesting because when you see a lot of films from specifically Europe, most of the films, if not all the films you see, would be either from film schools or funded by, you know, the funding organisation within that country. I think in the UK, we're very good at sort of just doing it ourselves and not really sort of waiting for the funding. I mean, obviously, since the Film Council closed, there's been a lot of different schemes whether it be, you know, the regional film funds like London had London calling through Film London and now it's the BFI network. So that's the sort of, we see a lot of films coming up through BFI network. Um, are there any festivals that you think are worth championing in terms of their atmosphere and their selection and their queuing yeah. and so on? I mean, I do. I mean, in terms of festivals that I've been through, I've only ever been to festivals within Europe and the UK. I've not travelled as yet to any international um, festivals in terms of outside Europe. I have been to, I mean, one of the other projects, just taking a very big step back, one of the other projects I did in the early 2000s was for the British Council after I left the British Council, which was touring a multimedia club project, which had commissioned short films as well as DJs and club visuals. It was all very kind of um, shoreditchy. <laughs> kind of vibe. So I did a lot of I did a lot of international places like Brazil and Colombia and we went to um across Europe. But yeah, certainly with festivals now I tend to stick to the European ones. I haven't been to Sundance, I haven't been to any of the US ones or anything outside of Europe. But in terms of Europe, yeah, I always I mean the one I enjoy going to is Berlin Ali because it's straight after London Short Film Festival. I treat it as a bit of a holiday. Um for a week because it's a nice city and hang out and their shorts selection is really strong um both in competition and in the generations program although i think they might have dropped shorts from generations i'm not sure i think a lot of changes since covid yeah uh, but in terms of the actual other short film festivals that i enjoyed being at hamburg's really good I was in Go Short in Netherlands recently, um, which is my first festival since before outside the, pardon me, outside the UK since before COVID. Um, that's good. I'll be at Vienna Independent Shorts um, in a couple of weeks' time. I've been to that one before. Yeah. Uh, within the UK, I tend to always go to Encounters because it's an important one to go to. But in terms of uh, programming and an interesting festival. I'm actually going back to Flatpak in Birmingham next week, which, although it's not a short film festival, they do have shorts, but their whole programming has a similar vibe to yeah. uh, London Short Film Festival in terms of the sort of events that they do. And interestingly, when we started, it was around about the time that Flatpak 
also started in about 2004, 2005. And Kate Taylor, who started the festival with me, she was on the board at Flatpak at that time. So there was definitely an affinity with Flatpak and what they were doing. And I'm looking forward to being back there. I haven't, again, I've obviously haven't been anywhere for two years, but when I was last there in, I think, 2018. So yeah, it's going to be nice to be back. Could you, off the top of your head, uh, share with us some coup de coeur short films? from either this year or the last few years? I mean, I always think of films from the past that I've sort of were important to me when I first started programming, and maybe that is work like Andrea Arnold's work, you know, um, Dog and Wasp, her short films. I mean, in terms of directors coming through now, there are directors that I really like. Um, Anil Carrier, who we um, did a focus on this year, and then... He won the Oscar for Best Short this year. He's someone that um, really stood out when I first saw his short um, called Beat, which was about four or five years ago. That was a real yeah, kind of standout. Um, Luna Carmoon, who's currently just working on her first feature, her two shorts, um, Shag Bands was the last one, and but I should have prepared something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this question. I always yeah. uh, feel like you'll answer with the ones that have really stuck with you. Um, yeah. Do you have any aspirations to move into filmmaking yourself? Well, no, I mean, the filmmaking I did, as I said, back then, back in those days, I was also doing photography. I was doing projections. I was in a band. I mean, none of these things were particularly successful. <laughs> um, and that included the films that we were making. You know, as I said, they were, not really they were more sort of just playing around with a camera you know there was no budget you know it was just my friend that I was working on them with he'd bought a Bolex from a junk shop 16mm camera so we were sort of shooting stuff on film I mean they still exist weirdly we did a screening of them at London Short Film Festival for the 15th anniversary and Tim who I started the Halloween Society with who he lives in Oslo now. He has been for about 12 years or so. He came over and we did a Q&A with, with the films and it was quite entertaining um, watching them on the big screen, showing them at the ICA, which obviously when we made them, we didn't know that that would be something we'd be doing. But also, yeah, um, you know, and also making music videos for friends' bands. But yeah, no, I, I haven't really had any aspirations to go back to that. As I said, they were just very low budget, two people shooting some stuff and editing some stuff to do a full short film. You know, wouldn't I wouldn't really know where to begin. <laughs> and as a film programmer, is there anything you'd love to curate in the coming year or so? I mean, that's what's exciting about London Short Film Festival. We just, you know, coming up with ideas for the other stuff, because obviously, you know, the festival is about the open submissions, about the films that are coming through, the new work. But then the other side of the festival is the mix of retrospectives, the mix of special events, the mix of guest programmers that we work with. Um, you know, we had a fantastic relationship with Tate Collective at the last festival. It was really exciting to work with them programming on industry and special events. But, you know, so it's a bit of an open brief in terms of, you know, what we can do at London Short Film Festival. We did, you know, we've had, events around cat videos we did a whole bunch of screenings on a weird inflatable barge in hackney wick a few years back which was quite strange and surreal so yeah that sort of 
constant sort of ideas of what we can do at the festival is always, you know, really exciting. At the moment, I'm a bit obsessed with um, London film locations, not not um, necessarily the classic ones that everyone knows, but the sort of slightly underground ones, um, well, not underground, so more films that are a bit more obscure. And I did have an idea that I do want to develop because I've just moved to, well, just, it was just before lockdown, I moved to the Isle of Dogs where the old Docklands were. And I did some research on short films that were shot around here, one of which is Andrew Cotting's very early um, short from the 80s, Clippity Clock, which he shot on the dockside at where Canary Wharf is now when it was all desolate and derelict before that development started. So I am sort of hoping to do some sort of, um, yeah, focus on this this area through a lot of the films that were sort of shot in this air, in, in the area of that Isle of Dogs area in London. So yeah, there's always ideas, there's always discussions. You know, it was great to do the O'Neill Carrier retrospective. It was great to um to you know in the past we did Derek Jarman music videos, which was really exciting. We did um Yeah, we've been through that. <laughs> yeah, so in that sense it's it's there's always ideas and there's always discussion over events and and things that we can do well looking forward to seeing more of them then thank you so much thanks for your time philip well that was it from us this week thank you very much for listening of course do tweet us your comments and feedback at my dialorama or write to us at mydialorama.org.uk and you can support us by clicking on the coffee link in the blurb below